Good evening, everybody. We are here for our first Q&A for this 12th month. It's our 96th Q&A. We just thank you once again. Thank God for every one of you. But again, like we have backlog, so many questions. Someday we just need to just finish the backlog, right, Pastor? That's how it happens in universities, right? You finish your backlog. <laughs> okay? So... We got so many questions. Today also we have from everywhere, from U.S. to all over Middle East to Australia, India. We just thank you for every one of your questions. We pray God will give us the wisdom to answer. And I always pray, Lord. And like I said, Paul talks about the church in Berea. The church in Thessalonica were very noble people. But he says the church in Berea was even more noble. Thessalonica was noble because they received the word of God with joy amidst much affliction. Bereans were more noble because they received with great eagerness and went back and tested with with scriptures. So don't rely on my answers. At the end of the day, test every answer with the word of God so that you have a grip on the truth and the truth. We try to be as possible in surrender to be true to the word of God, but still. Like I said, you are responsible for your own soul. I am responsible for what I speak. And we try to be as as true to the word as we can be. Because we know, as teachers, we'll be judged very strictly. Mm. So we just thank God this time. Before we go into the word, we will look to the Lord. And Pastor Vijay will lead us in prayer. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you once again for this day. Thank you, Father, for this session once again, O Lord, this first Saturday of this 12th month, oh Lord, we just want to thank you for, the, for, your, for your faithfulness that you've been with us all these days. And once again, this time, even as we go through all these questions that your children have uh, sent forth from all around the world, I pray, Lord, that your anointing would rest over your servant and all of us who hear. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, you would grant us the wisdom to be able to apply every answer to our situations, oh Lord Jesus. Thank you. Lord, in everything, O Lord Jesus, we want to give you thanks. In everything, O Lord Jesus, let your name and your name alone be glorified and magnified. We surrender this uh, this time into your hands. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 So, Pastor, this is a question that is, I think, most relevant for us to start with. Is there a difference between faith that is nurtured over time and the gift of faith that the Apostle Paul ta- uh, describes in First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. Yes. Uh, if you go with me to, if I can have Romans 12, 3 on the, on the screen, Romans 12, 3. I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think himself of more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as... God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You see, uh, the Father, God the Father is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Holy Spirit is Lord. And as Lord, sovereign, they all three are God, equal to one another. But in their humility, they submit to one another. But they, as sovereign, also dispense their own gifts. Mm. There are gifts which the Father gives overall. There are fivefold ministry gifts, which is from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then there are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, but this is from the Father. Father. If you look at this, God has l- l- dealt to each one a measure of faith. Even that faith is a gift. 
This is the gift of this faith is what uh, Ephesians 2.8 is talking about. Without that, we will not get saved. Both grace is a gift, mercy is a gift, and faith. faith is a gift. We don't earn it. You cannot earn it. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. The first measure of faith, the first measure of faith is given by God so that we are able to believe. He gives it. Repentance is a gift. I believe the gift of repentance also is from the Father. Mm. The gift to believe is also from the Father. So Father supernaturally gives gifts. This is a gift. This can be increased. Mm. You can build up upon. He just gives you a measure. Then, of course, to get that gift, to receive that gift, you need to hear. Because mm. faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Okay, That's why like, if you looked in the morning's word, God watches how we hear. Mm. A lot of things which our response make a difference. Okay, God sees the attitude by which we come, how we are listening, and you know, and then he gives a measure of faith or he increases the measure of faith is which saves us. He increases the faith. So there are lots of ways you can increase. Jude also says in Jude one twenty to increase the faith. So you can increase the faith. Apostles also pray to Jesus, increase our faith. That is the common faith of us all. Mm. Okay? Peter will say about that common faith in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Yes. Yeah, verse 1. Okay. Simon Peter, a bond servant, apostle to Jesus Christ, to those who have been obtained, like, like precious, precious faith, faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior. So we all have a common faith. That's how which we saved. But when it comes to the gift of faith, which is there, the, the, from the Spirit of God, First Corinthians twelve nine. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. This is different. Mm. When the Holy Spirit is calling an individual to do a supernatural work, he will also, if you believe, give you an endowment or a gift of a supernatural faith. Mm. So don't try to imitate somebody else's work because you may not have the gift to do that because that is given to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because these are all gifts. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, gives it as he wills. Okay, as he wills. Because these, these works of the Holy Spirit, you cannot do it without the giftings of the Holy Spirit. And he will gift you according to your call. He calls you, he, we saw in the morning in Acts chapter 13, the church and the Spirit of God sent Send them. Yes. When they are sending them, they cannot go without giftings because they are on foreign territory, alien, hostile territory. They need the giftings of the Holy Spirit and you will see they have giftings. Healings take place, all kind of things take place. Those are giftings. So this gift is different from the other one. This gift is. The other one which is common to everyone by which we get saved, by which we keep on growing, we receive more grace. All that is connected with that faith. This is a supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit, like gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Okay, If you look at that, it's not gift of healing, it is gift of healings. healings. If you look at people, genuine people who had gifts of healings, their ministries were different. Some people had a gift of healing for uh, cancer. And if you look, most of the healings were connected with certain particular diseases. If you look at Dirk Prince, one of these things that his ministry, his um, healing services was that everybody who had short feet, their feet grew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
yes. flat feet, everything. No, that was one particular. So there are gifts of healings. Healings. I believe the one who was endured with all the gifts of the healings was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, but no. So you will see. So that is how you understand. You after it's all practice. Even in your ministry, you learn from experience and you realize, you know what, this is to which God has called me. And then you will call out those people. You have this issue. Uh, come, stand. Okay? okay. And then somebody else with something else can get saved because uh, get healed. But for that, it can be just be by faith alone. Mm. The woman with the issue of blood was healed or 12-year issue just by faith. Okay? Jesus did not even do anything. Mm. She had faith to believe that God healed her. So all kind of things can happen over there. But when you look at giftings, giftings of the gift of faith, and the faith that is measured, um, mentioned in Romans 12, 3, or Second Peter uh, one. 1, 1, are different. One is from the Father. That is the faith that saves us. It can be increased, improved, strengthened. All kind of things can be done with it. This is a gift. This is a gift. Okay? And... Uh, uh, you, with this gift, like any gifts, you can use it better with experience and with usage. Okay, mm. any ta- you know, like you know, if you have, if you, if you had videos or recordings of Peter when Peter starts leading worship ten, five years back, six years back, seven years back to now, you will see he has changed. Mm. A gift that is what Paul is telling Timothy: fan mm. to flames. Okay, fan meaning the more you use it. And you, know, you be- become better and better and better in using. But it is a gift. And as you get better and better, it should not get into your head. Mm. Remember, a gift is always a gift. Yeah. You didn't earn it. It was freely given. That's how it works. Yes, Pastor Vijay. So, so one of the examples uh, of that supernatural faith could be uh, when Jesus was feeding the 5,000 and the life that he lived every day by faith. Could that be uh, for, a, for a particular if In his case, I would say that he had all the... He was filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I believe he had all the gifts. The sevenfold spirit rested upon him. So we'll not be able to actually say which one he was using <laughs> at each time. He had supernatural, the gift of knowledge, which my wife has. That's what she has. It's scary sometimes. Okay? <laughs> and it can be really scary how she gets it like this. And he had that. Like many times he would say, gift of wisdom and gift of knowledge are different. Yes. So the gift of knowledge is when he says, so do your master pay tax? He said, Peter, go there. There's a fish. He's got a coin in it. Enough for two of us. It's a gift of knowledge. You will know. Supernaturally, you know that is happening. It's a gift of knowledge. Mm. Those are gifts. It's all gifting. And in the time of restoration, I said, I believe it's begun. begun and God would restore the apostolic, all those giftings for one more last time. And then he will return. The church will not go from planet Earth with a whimper. Mm-hmm. She will go with a cry of triumph. Hallelujah. And yes, for Lord. that, it has, we saw that today. Mm-hmm. From what Joel said in 2.28 mm-hmm. and Peter said, Joel, I will pour out off. my spirit. Yes. But Peter said, off, off my spirit. spirit. Mm-hmm. Off his spirit he poured on the first day and he's still pouring. But the, James will say, and he will pour the latter mm-hmm. and the former mm-hmm. rain together. together. And we are waiting for that. Mm. And that will be the fullness, the church, because we need it. Because Peter and Paul did not experience the demonic activity that we experience. They didn't experience because we did not have that kind of smart people and intelligence and all kind of gadgets and everything. We, they, 
what they went through and what we are going through, they had more anointing than us, but they did not face what we are facing today. Facing today. And if we do not have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we will not survive what is on us and upon us. And therefore, we have to believe and receive all the gifts, Lord, whatever it is. Can you put that up? It's making it. What is it, this one? The sound. Okay, yes, Pastor Vijay, can we go to the next question? Uh, again, Pastor, the follow-up question will be the, just a previous question, question number 20. Mm. How would you express your faith on a daily basis? I just want to learn how to handle faith daily. When is your faith the weakest? When is it the strongest? How would you express? <coughs> See, we have no choice but as Romans 1, uh, 17 yes. says, um, and uh, Galatians 3.11 For in it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Okay, we are called to live by faith. We have no choice but to live by faith. So, technically speaking, our entire life should be an expression of faith. Mm. Faith, has, uh, faith has different parts. Okay, Sometimes what happens is People are uh, waiting for new things every day. You don't need new things every day unless God shows you something new. What happens is we have heard a lot. Mm. The only question is, out of those hearing, has faith come? Mm. Faith come. If you, let's say tomorrow is Sunday. Tomorrow is Sunday. So, you don't need to hear anything new about Sunday from God when you wake up. You already know about enough about Sunday from what you have heard, what you have read. Mm-hmm. It is not an ordinary day. It is the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord's day. And He comes on time. When we go and come together in His name, His presence is there. You know all these things. Now, you have to live that out by faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jesus, if I see you, I will come. You're not going to see, but you're going to experience it if you believe. Experience if you believe. Okay. And if you judge our tomorrow is first Sunday, if our judge ourselves and take properly the communion, it heals us. Mm. It strengthens us. It creates awakening in us. If you believe, it works. It works. So these are all things which we already know. No, yes. There are things which we do not know. So it's progressive. So what we do not know when we are not going to go into it, God does not have to reveal it to us. That is why faith is a journey. Mm -hmm. That's what actually it means Abraham went without knowing where he was going. But after, let us say, he lived for 175 years. At 125 years, if you ask him, do you know anything today? He says, I know a lot. I know a lot. I have come a long way. I am no longer going without knowing where I am going. I know where I am going now. Why? Because you have a history of walking by faith. Mm. He could tell you about from Haran, his journey from Ur to the stoppage in Haran to Shikim, what happened at every place and how he learned. Mm. How he learned, the mistakes he learned. It's a journey of faith. So it is not that all his life he was going knowing a lot of part you already knew. Mm. Okay, knew. But if you were to ask him other things, if you are asked if, if you are asking what about Isaac? Oh Isaac. But he has no 
clue that God is going to call him to take Isaac to the mountain because that has not been revealed yet. Yes. Okay. But a lot of things have been revealed and already been accomplished. Mm. Okay. Otherwise, we are like the indictment, ever learning and never knowing. That's not the thing. We learn, we walk, and that's mm. part of our experience. Those things we don't need to be retaught again. Mm. Okay. So when, how would you express your faith on a daily basis? On everything. And I believe when he talks about daily basis, one of the most beautiful verses is Romans 1423. 1423. 1423. Yeah. 1423. But he who, yeah, who doubts is condemned if he eats. Because that's that's the most common thing daily. After this, we'll all go home and eat. Go home and eat. Because he does not eat from faith. So the Bible talks about eating by faith. Now when you talk about eating by faith, simple things, how do I eat by faith? Look at the scripture, what it talks about eating. How you should eat. Receive it with thanksgiving. Receive it with thanksgiving. It is sanctified. Do not fear. It is holy. Eat it. What you have to do practically, you do it. What you have to do spiritually, you do it. Okay, I'm going to eat by faith. I'm not going to wash my hands or anything. No, no, please do that. (laughs) I'm going to eat by faith. That is not eating by faith. That is called testing the Lord. Presumptuous. <laughs> okay. A lot of people, they don't understand. A lot of people, they are testing the Lord. A lot of things, you know, that's presumption. Mm. God is the one who told, just, no, Jesus said you should only worry about the inside, not washing about it. That's not what he meant. Before he ate, he must have washed his hands. Okay. But people take that and turn it around. Now, you know what? I'm going to be like Jesus. I will never wash my plate. I will never wash my hands. You will fall sick. Okay, That's not. That is presumption. So what you know, you need to practical. But other than that, okay? Like, let us say, let us say today, the whole day we were, morning we were talking about fasting as one of the keys. Maybe somebody who was listening was told by the Lord, you skip your dinner today. Mm. He didn't tell anybody, his family, but the Lord, and he knows, okay, the Lord is telling fast tonight. And then when you go back home, it's smelling so good. (laughs) You're caught between to eat or not to eat. (laughs) But finally, glance win over you, and you eat. The Bible says he's he's condemned. Not that he's sent to hell or anything, but it says, you know what, you doubted what I told you. Mm. I told you to fast. I told you to fast. It was for you. I don't need you to fast for me. I need you to fast for yourself. yourself I had yeah. something to tell you. So I asked you to fast. So you have to put everything into picture. That is how you live by faith even in the simplest of things. If God tells you something, don't eat, don't eat. Mm-hmm. Now, he doesn't tell that regularly. But sometimes you will wake up in the morning and say, I want you to fast today. Then immediately you realize he has got something to tell you today. Without mm-hmm. fasting, you will not be able to hear it, receive it. Receive it. And the minute he tells you to fast today, that is when you want to eat. You str- Normally, when he doesn't tell you to fast, fasting is very easy. Because your body is not tell- doing anything. But the day you decide, I'm going to fast today, the Lord is telling me to fast, your body goes crazy. And immediately you know he told. That's why the body is going crazy. The enemy, the flesh is at work. Because the flesh is at enmity to the spirit. Enmity to the spirit. Honestly, if you hear from God about fasting, like we are going to do from 11th of December till 31st, 21 day fasting, you know, whichever one meal or up to you, 
can make your own choices which meal you want to skip, how many meals. Once you hear from God and start fasting, the enemy will activate your flesh. Activate your flesh. He'll come after you because he's against the spirit. Mm. He's against the spirit. Because something spiritual is going to happen. And the devil is not happy with it. He doesn't want anything spiritual happening to us. So he will activate our flesh, which is part of his realm, to come against us. So the first few days will be a struggle. And after that, the flesh will die down. You have to weaken it. You can't give up. If you give up in the first two or three days, you have quit. It won't work. So when you come to that, this is the expression of our faith. Okay, faith. Expression of faith. Just think about what are the simple things that we do on a regular basis, common to all of us. One, we eat. Second, we talk. And we have heard enough about talking. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Who, who can control his tongue is a perfect person. James 1, 3, uh, 3, 3. And then it talks about what you say should be edifying others. You know, edifying. So you look at all that and says, you know what, I want to edify today. Lord, help me to edify today because I talk. If I can't edify, help me to be silent. Mm. Okay, let me not talk too much of unnecessary things because your word also says in a multitude of words there is sin. It will slip in. So suddenly you have brought food over there, you have been drinking over there, you have brought conversation over there, and then you talk about clothes. It's another thing we do, we are all aware. And again, when it comes to that, we'll put it up. I think the water is What happens? It, uh, you have to glorify God. Tomorrow is Sunday. Okay. Tomorrow is Sunday. Now, it's just not about Sunday. It's about regular days. Okay. So, uh, God looks at the inside and looks at the outside. Okay. It, it, it is not possible for your inside and your outside to be so completely different. Mm. Understand that. Yeah, outside of a person, usually after a period of time, is a reflection of what, what is inside. inside. Yes. It will reflect. Sure. Reflect. Please understand. Okay. Like, if you are a very orderly person inside, after some time, you will see there is order outside. It's not possible that you're very orderly inside and very disorderly outside. Mm. The outside disorder is just a reflection of what is inside. Okay? So these things all matter. Mm. These things all matter. This is a simple, I'm just taking you through a simple way in which you go through the expression of your faith. Mm. Like It was his expression of faith. Daniel was in the king's palace. Food was all over the table and he decided in his heart mm. that he will not define yourself. What is that expression of his faith? I'm not going to eat these things or things. It's coming from where, you know. I don't know where it's coming. What has been done over it? I don't know. I will stick to vegetables. I'm not going to eat any of this meat. He made an expression of faith. So you look at that through it and finally you go to your workplace. The Bible talks about how you need to work. Pastor Vidya also, we both have spoken. Why do believers work? Believers don't work to live. Believers primarily work to give. That is efficient, very clear, because our provision comes from God. We work because God works. Work is part of our nature, because before the fall there was work. After the fall, work became labor. Post-resurrection, work will be a joy. We'll all be working. Why do we work? Because God works. Mm, nature of our Father. Only difference is the resurrection body. Nobody will get tired of working. There's no 
no attire, no curds, nothing. So work is there. So we are not working to eat. We are working to give. Why does God work? Because he's giving. What is God doing? He's working out the redemption in our lives. So he's working not for himself. He's working for yes. us. So that same mindset comes into our destiny. You know, why do I work? Why do I work? Like, why do we study the word? Primarily we are studying the word, not just for ourselves, to give. Yes. Just to give. We don't have to study so much for ourselves, but we know we have to give. We have to give. Like, like uh, let us take Stanley. He's a professional chef. Is he cooking for himself? No. no. Now, what he cooks, a portion he may eat. But what he makes is not for him. It's for others. Okay? So, like that, we need to understand how do I work. Then, when you come back home, your fellowship. Relationships matter. I'm not talking about conversation. I'm talking about fellowship. There needs to be peace. Peace is important. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. When you go to sleep, you go to sleep in peace. Peace. You have you have settled. There are no unsettled issues in the house. It's all settled. You go to peace. When it comes to sleep, again in Psalm 131, tomorrow is full of tomorrow's problems. He says, I am not haughty. My eyes are not proud. I am not going to concern about things too profound. profound. What are, you know what is a profound thing we think about? is tomorrow's problems. Can you solve anything? Can we solve anything about tomorrow? But we worry about tomorrow. That's what I said. I Neither do I concern myself with great matters nor with things too profound for me. You'll say, okay, I don't. Really? Do you think about tomorrow? Can you solve anything of tomorrow today? Well, you know what? He goes to sleep. Lord says, I have weaned myself. Who is this King David? Hmm. Who is after him? King Saul. Every turn, he says, even through a walk through the valley of shadow of death, in other words, he puts Psalm 23 and 131 together, even through a walk through the valley of shadow of death, I sleep well. How do you kind of sleep well? Because I don't mess my mind with things which I can't handle. I have left it to God and I go to sleep. Hmm. Go to sleep. This is how you express your faith. Divide your life, look into each of these areas, common areas, and see, do I bring faith into it? Faith into it. And then you have to bring faith into repentance also. Because 1 John says, if any man says he is without sin, he makes God a liar. So before the end of the day, you need to ask Lord. Lord, I have a question to you. Are things which you wanted me to do, I didn't do? Are things there which I did, you didn't want me to do? And you will get an answer. God believes, God who speaks, you get an answer. And you suddenly realize you bring faith into repentance too. And by the time you are ready to sleep, your slate is clean. He's not sitting there to judge you, condemn you. He says, just walk. Don't give the accuser a toehold in your life. Otherwise, he says, he just comes here and tells rubbish about you. You just clean it up and go to sleep. That's how you bring your faith on a day-to-day basis in your life. And you know what? Then you will start growing. God is able to increase your faith. Like in Malayalam, we have a saying, have an English to... I forgot it. It, Many drops make the ocean. Palatulli, Peruvelam. We have floods in the town, but it was raindrops on the mountains. Okay. 
As you learn to deal with faith on one day on a basis, you will realize you are building up a structure of faith in your life. If you have lived Sunday by faith, Monday by faith, Tuesday by faith, Wednesday by faith, you will realize Thursday, Friday, Saturday are getting easier and easier because you are building a foundation of faith. Problem is we live Sunday on faith, Monday on sight. Tuesday we slide for either, even more into this site. Wednesday we are inside, come back for a midweek study. A little we will shake ourselves. Thursday, Friday back to site. By Saturday we are panicking because there is nothing for Sunday. It's a cycle. It's like the children of Israel in the book of Judges. That's not how God asked us to stay. He says, you go make it very simple. Faith is very simple. As you load by sight, live by faith. Bring the word of God into your life. And when you live like that, and when your faith is the weakest, when is the strongest? Okay. Your faith is the weakest when your flesh is the strongest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is why we need to fast. Mm-hmm. When your flesh is strong, okay. Uh, that's why God asked Abraham for his son. He didn't ask him for anything else. He didn't ask him for anything else. He would ask, would have given it easily. There's no sacrifice there. There's no, there's no struggle there. I want Abraham, I want you to offer uh, a thousand camels tomorrow. He said, okay. <laughs> Should I add some goat and sheep and <laughs> oxen too? See, none of these things would make any difference. Okay, he, He's not living in a household. He's a township. <laughs> if he had 318 soul, um, soldiers, strange soldiers born in his household in the beginning of his journey. Wow. Beginning of his journey. Mm. He's around 75, 76 years old. Wow. Okay. In another 25, 30 years, these people all have multiplied. They are a township. It's a town moving. We are not talking about 100, 500, 1000 people. They are a small township. He's got everything and they're all living off him. All living of him. He has got he's got his everything. Okay. So God comes and asks him, Give me your only son. Because that's where your flesh is attached. Mm. It's your son of your old age. Mm. So where is your faith weakest? Your faith will be always weakest to where your flesh is attached. Flesh is attached. That is where your faith is weakest. And that's where God will come and touch you. God will come and touch you and say, this is where I want you. Where is your faith strongest? Where your flesh is weakest. There are a lot of things. Uh, let me try to think about ask God to ask Pastor Vijay something. Pastor Vijay, I want you to read for seven days. Okay, no problem. Pastor Vijay, Please, please. No, no, okay. <laughs> seven days you shall fast. And seven days you shall be in your house. And seven days you shall be with your family from morning to night. He will say, Lord, what did you tell me to do? Okay. You know, okay. God knows where to touch people. Okay. So that is where you fight. So your faith is strongest. Your flesh is weakest. Weakest. And your faith is weakest where your flesh is strongest. But that's not the way we are called to live. We are mm. called to live where faith is strong everywhere. So what does God do? Fast. Mm. Weaken your flesh in every place. Fast. 
offer your body as a living sacrifice. You put your anything your flesh wants to know. The flesh wants your body. Mm. Your spirit wants your body. Without the body, you are useless. Because mm. the body is the instrument that is going around doing something. God says, put your body on the altar. Okay, put your body on the altar and go through this process of fasting and serving, taking the lowest position. This is all humbling yourself. You know what happens? Your faith will always be strong. It won't be weak. Your faith will be always strong. So it did not matter if you read the gospel account. It did not matter what the father told Jesus. He applied the same faith into every situation. It didn't matter what he said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, go to Jairus' house. Here I come. Go to the Samaritan woman. Here I come. One is a woman with no reputation. One is a man with great reputation. He didn't make the difference to him. Mm. Feed 12 disciples. Feed 10,000 people. It didn't make any difference. Cast a demon out. Still a storm. Walk on water. Go in a boat. He could go in a boat and fall asleep and walk on water. I mean, if you look at it, his faith is consistent in every situation. Why is it so? Because like I said in the morning, his flesh is dead. Why is his flesh dead? Because he is humble. The ruler of the world is devil. He rules over all those who are proud. Jesus is the ruler over the meek and he is the meekest of them all. The king of pride comes. He says he found nothing in me. Nothing of his character is in me. Okay, so... That when you're talking about, we have to slowly, by faith, learn to consistently bring faith into every area. Of course, certain areas, like you know, uh, like we have, like if we use uh, cricket as an example. If you look at Sachin or Dravid, I can only go that way. Right? I don't know any of these new fellows. Okay, Sachin, Dravid, or Ganguly, Lakshman, or Ganguly, or on. They will, the commentators will say it is foolish to bow to Ganguly this way mm-hmm. because that is his strong point. He will whip it away. Or it is stupid to bow to Sachin on this side. Okay. Like, or um, John D. Rhodes. Okay, they say two thirds of the earth's surface is covered by the ocean, the other one third by John D. Rhodes. <laughs> That was the commentator. Because he could catch a ball from any direction, any. I mean, he was the India rubber man. Though he was South African. Okay? So you will see certain people have their strong points. So some area where you're weak, faith is very strong, is because in that area you have been tested over and over and you're overcome every time. So you're very strong in that area. Very strong in area. Okay? Very strong in, in that area. Some area are weak, not because your faith is weak, but because you've never been tested in that area. That does not mean necessarily your faith is weak, but you don't know how you will react because you have not been tested in that area. Mm. Not been tested in area. But generally speaking, faith is like currency. With currency, with a 2,000 rupees note, you can buy anything that costs 2,000 rupees. 2,000 rupees note does not tell you, I only want apparel. Please don't buy food with me. It doesn't say. Mm. You want to buy electronics, you buy electronics, mm. you want to buy. It's up to you. In the same way, faith is neutral. Mm. Faith is neutral. Okay, faith is neutral. But if you ask a typical but thrifty, wise mother who handles house accounts, if you give her 2,000 rupees, oh. mm. she knows <laughs> how to spend it well on provisions. Mm. 
within the budget within the budget. budget but on the other hand <laughs> instead of sammy you send her to that computer store she will not know what to how to spend this on because she has no experience of spending 2000 rupees there mm. yes mm. no but on the other hand you send sammy to buy provision <laughs> 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 what could i have been bought for 1000 rupees he will spend 1000 by because he doesn't have much experience on that but if you send him to a software shop one of these hardware shops or software hardware shops you will be surprised with the amount of money you give what all gadgets he will bring mm. things for today things for tomorrow <laughs> things for next day all future gadgets also have what he fixes it together and all kinds of things seems to be happening all around over there so you need to realize we have our strengths that strength is from experience so there is faith and there is practice there is practice okay like ministry is a practice after some time you will know this is how it works this is how it works this is how but when you started and when you finish you do it by faith Amen. but experience you keep adding so your faith is the weakest one where your flesh is strong two where you have no experience mm. you have no experience your faith is very it's not that you don't have faith it's very weak very weak okay if you have doubts tomorrow we will put peter behind the camera and roshan to lead worship and we will have chaos <laughs> roshan has ap- does not mean roshan doesn't have faith but he has no gifting no faith sorry no experience to bring into leading worship okay so you need to realize where are my weakest where i have no experience it does not mean i don't have faith so one is flesh the other is experience experience and that if you go back to romans 12 3 it tells you very clearly i say though through the grace given to me everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly as god has dealt to each one a measure of faith faith come to verse 4 and again what is it again you know this is talking about for we have many members in one body all members do not have the same function but five so we being many are one body in christ individual members of one another okay six having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us let us use them if prophecy let us prophesy in proportion to our faith only in prophecy. you know what happens mm-hmm. actually what happens let us say i have a prophetic gift i have a prophetic gift okay and i start prophesying and i prophesy at the end i get excited and add a little prophecy in the flesh to beyond my measure of faith what's it and you know what the trouble comes it come comes the end of your prophecy exactly That's which it. creates confusion yes. yes because you went beyond the measure of your faith mm. beyond your measure of faith okay so god has given us that's why we need to know how much faith i have and don't you know we have I remember when i was doing my undergraduate first year i had this poster on my hostel room don't bite more than you can chew don't bite no you need to know the capacity of your mouth the strength of your jaws and take a bite you know you know about with children your whole book you have to take it out from the because 
Eat their greed, they bite more, they can they can chew. Okay, so that's what the Bible is saying. In proportion to our faith. We need to know our faith. We need to know how much faith I have. Do I have the faith to handle it? And if mm. you don't have to handle it, you need to tell you know, pastor or whoever is telling you, I don't think I have it. I don't think I have it. Mm. Okay. With God, if he tells you something, be very sure. He will give you the faith. But then when you are using it, don't go beyond. beyond. Don't go beyond. You don't have the faith or the giftings or the callings all come together. That's what happened to Uzziah. Mm. He trespassed his boundaries. He was king, but he was not priest. He was not priest. Saul trespassed his boundary. He was king, but he was not priest. David did not trespass his boundary because he was always priest mm -hmm. before he became a king. He was ministering to the Lord. So when he did stuff, God had okay with him because he says before he king, he was always a priest unto me. These guys never had a life of devotion to God before they became king. Yes. You need to understand the difference. David did not know he was going to be king, but before that he was a priest. In the wilderness, he was ministering unto the Lord. Therefore, when he did priestly functions, God had no issues. Even the Shubhrad he ate. Yeah, Shubhrad he ate, mm -hmm. he established the tabernacle, mm -hmm. there is no, and he did everything. Mm -hmm. God had no issues with him. Okay, so you need to realize, we need to know our boundaries. Don't, like, like in my personal example, God has told me there is till this, till last month, till this week, you know, there was a meeting. And the meeting was, uh, they called me okay, for the meeting. But the minute I know this is not with believers, I say no. It's not that I cannot do it, but I would be crossing my boundary. Mm. As the Lord had told me very clearly when he called me from the word given to Apollos, that I have called you only to strengthen believers. I don't do evangelism. Personal witnessing, I'm, I don't do evangelistic crusades. I don't know. Only once I have done in my life and the Lord rebuked me, a crusade. And after that, he said, I didn't call you to do that. I call you to teach only my people. Don't go there. So anybody says I have converted people, I have never. I don't do that. I don't do that. I'm not saying I haven't brought people into the kingdom of God. But that is not my boundary. Mm. I don't trespass into that. So I don't do evangelistic crusades. I do. If there is an evangelistic crusade and a pastor's conference side by side, I take the pastor's conference. And the evangelist does the crusade. That's how we handle it if we have to do it. Why? Because you need to know your measure of faith mm. and the boundary that God has. And you should not go beyond the grace God has given you. Ultimately, it is grace. Ultimately, it is grace. And because you stepped into somebody's shoe and you ministered, people may, may, may get saved, but mm. God will judge you. Mm. I didn't call you to do, for, to do that. But because you spoke, I will save them. I will save them. That's where the flesh has to be very, very under control in ministry because ministry is like, uh, what when, you, when you're ministering, it is like crowds. But we don't perform. Yes. We don't perform. We serve under the leading of the Holy Spirit. We don't perform. When the Spirit says don't cross, don't you don't cross. cross. And many ministry has become performance. And then what do they do? do overstep their boundaries. So we have to be very careful about doing things. But on a normal thing, your faith is strong when your flesh is weak. When your faith is strong where you have been tested many times. 
have been tested many times and you have found God is faithful and you have no more fears in that area. Fears have been stilled by faith because you know God is faithful as theology. You have experienced God's faithfulness yep. in practice. Mm. Okay. That's why on Mount Moriah, Abraham says, Jehovah Jireh. Amen. Yeah, it's experience. It's an ex- And Paul has experienced this. Therefore, he will tell in the letter to the church in Philippi, my God shall supply all your, your need. need. Mm. I'm telling you, telling you from experience. I know how to abase. I know to abound. He has met all my needs all my life. You know mm-hmm. what? He's faithful. I don't know whether you will not, but I'm telling you, my God will do it. What a person. What mm. this thing. My God mm. shall supply your all your <laughs> So that's how it works. Faith works. Pastor, I think the corollary to this question would be question number 18. Therefore, It says, <clears throat> I have to ask you this question. If it is God's will, timing, idea, why did Elijah have to pray seven different times until the rain came? Is this the way God teaches us to persevere? Yeah. It's also, yeah, it is, it is also a lesson about, uh, about what you call about uh, persevering in prayer. Okay, persevering in prayer. Okay, and we know, we know, we know from uh, Daniel's case, Hmm. the angel comes and says, as soon as you pray, the Lord answered, but it took me 21 days. Hmm. Okay, 21 days. Now, we will say God is sovereign, can't he do everything? He can, but he doesn't. Hmm. He's teaching us a lot of things. Hmm. He's teaching us a lot of things. The The problem here is this. If Elijah prayed once and the rain come, everybody after Elijah will never learn to persevere in prayer. What is the fundamental lesson we learn from Elijah? To pray. What is the lesson God has taught humanity, church, through the life of Elijah? How to pray and never quit. What is Elijah's entire ministry mentioned in the book of James? Elijah prayed, Prayed. it didn't rain. Elijah prayed, it rained. He's a man of like passions, but he was a man who prayed. So, this is to teach us. Teach us. And there are hidden things which we do not know. We can only presume the secret things belongs to God. The prophets of Baal and the demonic powers, they have been called out, have been bound. They could not bring fire down. So, they might be now opposing to bring, stop the rain, rain. from coming yes, down. Yes. The question is, will you quit? Mm. Will you quit? Okay. Now, it's the same, this thing. If you look uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, and then I'll go to Elijah. Yeah, Blessed be the Lord God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. What does it say? Blessed us. Who has blessed has blessed us. us. He has blessed us. It's already given. Okay. The question is, does it given? Does it just come to us? No. no. We have to pray our way through until it becomes our physical reality. Mm. For the spiritual to become physical, to materialize before our eyes, it becomes our physical reality. We will have to pray it through, and that is the difficult. God never. God says, "You men should always pray and never quit. Never quit." Okay. Now you come to Elijah, First King, chapter eighteen. Verse 41, 1841. Elijah said to Ahab, go up and 
eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Is that? Yes. No. Not There's no rain. sound, nothing. Yes. Where Absolutely. Not. Where did you hear it? In my in spirit. spirit. Yeah. I hear the rain drops in my spirit. Go. Wow. Yeah. I hear it in my spirit. The rain is coming. Go. Go. I hear it. Now he has heard it in the spirit. What is his job as a man of God on earth? To pray it through. Mm. Because dominion has been given to man. God mm. says, you bring it through. You heard it? Okay, that's my will. You heard it, right? My will. I already spoke. You will see there are three factors over there. First uh, Kings. Chapter 18. And verse 1. 18 verse 1. Verse 1, bro. Yeah. It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the earth. First, he has a promise. The rain is not the next day. Many weeks pass. This is the third year. Now you go to 17.1. I will show you how things with God work, because this is where faith comes in 17.1. Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my words. Does he know how many years? No, he no, doesn't know. No, he doesn't know. Later we know. Later we know three and a half, half years. years yeah. But he doesn't know. He's only been told in the spirit it will be many years. He doesn't know how much many is. Go wait in Jerusalem. Do the apostles know it is ten days? No, they don't know. Elijah doesn't know how many years. He doesn't know. But he has heard the word of the Lord. Mm. See, God does not tell you everything in advance, but then it would be sight. It is not faith. Mm -hmm. And because God is God and you trust him, he doesn't have to tell you anything in advance. Mm -hmm. Where are you taking me? You go, I will tell you. That's Abraham with Elijah. First, God says, no rain. 18.1, he says, I will send rain. By the time we come to verse 41, he hears the sound of rain. By the time he goes up to Mount Carmel, he starts praying. He spoke, I hear, now it has to come. It has to come. Seven times. Okay. If you go there, Elijah went up to eat. Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. He bowed on the ground and put his face between his knees. And verse 43. Okay, verse 43. He said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Okay. Now, how many times did the servant go? He went eight times. Yeah. He didn't go seven times. He <laughs> went eight times. Again. First time he said goes. Then seven times he said go again. Read carefully. Yeah. Went eight times. It is the eighth time he saw it. Okay. But through it all, if you look, Elijah does not rise from the ground, mm -hmm. but he lifts his head from the sea. He does not. Okay. Elijah's servant. Elisha's servant, they're all the same. They go see, they look, they see nothing. nothing. They hear nothing, they see nothing. Yep. I don't know what they're walking with this prophet for. Hmm. They hear nothing, they see nothing. Elijah has heard and he will not lift his head because he will go by what he has heard in the spirit. He will not go by the evidence of his eyes. He will not go by the evidence of his eyes because faith and sight don't mix. Mm -hmm. So he keeps his head down between his knees and he's praying. Go. Nothing. Go. 
nothing. Go, nothing. Go, nothing. Then eighth time. Verse 44. Then it came to pass a seventh time that he said, the seventh time when he said go again. Okay, that's how you have to read it because you have to, otherwise grammar is wrong. I don't know Hebrew. Okay. There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up. Say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. Okay, now look. What did you see? A small, a small cloud. What is his response? He says, what I heard in the, go back to 41, what he heard and what he sees doesn't agree, but he says by what he heard. Mm-hmm. Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink for there is the sound of abundance. Of but what does the servant see? A small cloud. What has he heard? Abundance. Abund- what does he speak? Abundance. Abundance. Mm-hmm. He does not go by what the servant sees. Mm-hmm. He goes by what he has heard from God. Mm-hmm. That is faith. The faith that can save you is very clear to you. It's in your heart, word in your spirit, you speak with your mouth. So he doesn't see the small cloud and say, go tell Ahab, a small shower is coming, you can take your own time. If you have an umbrella, good for you. That's not what he says. You see what? I, prepare your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. What has the servant? The servant is feeling like an idiot. Oh, there's only a small little cloud. How can I go give this message? But that's what servants are. You just give the message. That's why when Jesus begins his ministry, he doesn't use his disciples. There would have been so many questions. How, what, why, where, when. He uses the servants and says, pour water. They fill water. Take a cup. Give it over there. And they ask the servant, "How? why did you keep the steward? Why did you give the best wine for the end? Okay. So he tells his servant, go and tell Ahab, I hear the abundance of rain. That's how it works. That's how it works. In the process, God is teaching us. This does not come like that. Mm-hmm. You have to fight it. You have to fight it. We have called you to fight it. If you hear, you believe, and you fight, victory is guaranteed. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Okay. Joshua chapter 1. Okay. Verse 3. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. Joshua chapter 6, verse 2. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king, the mighty men of valor. So what do they do? Tie a hammock and lie there, because you have already given it to me. No, they have to fight every inch of the way, but it's been given to you. Why do you know if you fight, you will win? Because you've got a word behind you. Yes. Why do you know I can bring fire down and they can call fire will not come down. Mm-hmm. After fire has come, rain will come. Why do you know? Because mm-hmm. it's been given to me. But I have to pray through. Mm-hmm. Prayer is battle. Yes. Prayer is battle. How, do you, how does Joshua know he will win? Because it's been given to me. That doesn't mean it will just come without a fight. You have to fight. So Joshua's physical fights is our spiritual fight. We really fight in prayer. If prayer is not a battle, then Ephesians 6 has no meaning. Why do you need armor? Armor are for soldiers. Armor are not for civilians. Civilians don't put body armor. Soldiers put body armor. Why do we need body armor? Because at the end of it is take take the sword of the spirit. That is the word of God. And pray. Meaning prayer is a battle. Yes. You have to fight your way through. But I promise you, victory guaranteed. Wow. If you have my word behind you, you will win. Mm. That's what I is saying. I heard, I heard the sound of abundance of rain. 
and he prays it through. And there is rain. The land is. That's how it goes. Okay, so don't ever think what the word of, word of God people only say about they, it is manipulation. Okay, it is twisting the hand of God and keeping the sovereignty of God away. You hear, you believe, you confess, but you need to hear first. They have detached God from the word of God. There is the word of God and there is the God of the word. Lord, yes. What they did, they took the God of the word away and said, you know what? I will be God. Hmm. But I will use your word. The typical, the, the, not all of them, the, the ones who have gone off track. When they are using the word of God, you will see they are God. Not God. Oh. They are God. They are the God. They are determining what should be in their life. And they are just using the word of God for that. But that's not real faith. Real faith, God tells you what he wants for your life. And then he says, now go find it. That's the difference. Okay. The difference between the word of faith and the actual word of faith, because the word of faith comes from Romans 10, that term comes from word of faith, it's different. There the originator is God, not man. Mm. Here the originator is man. I want a house. I'll go to the promises about a house. <laughs> and I want to confess it. It's got nothing to do. God, do God, do you want do you want me to have a house? What nothing? I want a house, and I want to use your word for that. It is like I want to buy a car. I'm going to use your money to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Not even asking you, <laughs> can permission. I permission? Can I use your money? He's <laughs> <laughs> swiping somebody's credit card for your provision. <laughs> okay, but that's not the way it works. It works is that you surrender to God, God gives you direction, and then you believe, confess, pray, fight your way through. It mm. comes to pass. It's a different thing. And you know the glory belongs to God. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Uh, the, 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 the interesting thing that you mentioned there also was the fact that... Louder. Yes. The fact that uh, Elijah had to pray because there is a battle which is going on in the... I believe there is a battle that's going and on. And anything, I mean, if you, even if you look at the Old Covenant... Anything that had happened in the spiritual, I mean, on the physical, had a spiritual connotation. Like, for example, uh, when Balak uh, sees the uh, sees that the Israelites are just mm-hmm. wiping out people left, right, and center, mm-hmm. he understands the fact that it cannot be one in the physical. Yeah. It has to be everything one in the, one is in the spiritual. spiritual. Whoever controls the air controls. You can have the largest army in the mm. world. It doesn't matter if you don't have an air force; you're not going to win. You're not going to win. Armies that, nations that have superiority is always nations which controls the air. That's why America was listing by when uh, China tested the hypersonic missiles, because they don't have it. Because we are going beyond air, we are going into space. We are going into space. Now the battle is not on for air superiority, it's for space superiority. Knocking down the satellites so that your communication systems are gone. So we are going beyond the air now. It's no longer about Air Force. Okay, that's why when Trump was president, he formed the next uh, Space Force. Mm-hmm. Space Force. Okay. So that's how it works in the spiritual realm. Whoever controls, controls. Mm. How does that? How does the people rule the earth? By using the demonic. demonic. Why did do it? Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Who are the ones he call? Every astrologer, sorcerer, diviner. Yes. Why is the police... Because they are the ones, his power source. Yes. Power source. Everywhere, even till today, that's the way it works. <coughs> and that's why God has given us his spirit. Mm. 
through my spirit. You cannot overcome the Holy Spirit. So God says, I give you my spirit. Don't do it in your flesh. Because flesh, is, you go to flesh. Why does he say not to do in flesh? Go to Galatians chapter 5 and look at flesh. 19. Verse 19. Sorcery. <laughs> 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are, okay, if these are actions, Verse come 20. further down. 20. Idolatry and? Sorcery. Sorcery. If you work in the flesh, the power that empowers is the power of the devil. It is sorcery. It is not the Holy Spirit. That's why God says, don't do. Mm. Don't do in the flesh. So when the flesh is contending against the spirit, what is contending against the spirits? It's a demonic power yes. which animates the flesh. Yes. It's contained. That's sorcery against the Holy Spirit. Okay. The power of the Holy Spirit. So it's sorcery. That's why he says, one of the works of the flesh is sorcery. The flesh is empowered by sorcery. I mean, and Derek Minnis makes that phenomenal statement. He says, the religion of the fallen man is witchcraft. I mean, it's a tremendous statement it is. I mean, <laughs> I've never seen anybody, yeah. any theologian There's say no other way you can do. If you want to really do stuff where you control elements and people, you want to control elements and people, you need to bring sorcery in. You cannot. And sorcery is real. I've sat with, say, I've told you before also, I've sat with people who were saved from the other side, lamas, up in the mountains. And they said, we had power. We could control anything in our villages. If that village did not give us this much of the harvest, we already say this much we need it. They don't give it. We will call a storm and destroy their harvest. We could do it. It's not a big thing. I have his pictures with me. He's not a lama anymore. He was got saved. He became a pastor. He established a church, a priest in his church. Too. But before that, he was a lama. And he was into sorcery. He says, we all use sorcery. We know how to use it. We know what to call, how to call these demons. So sorcery is real. If there is no power, nobody would go to a priest. Which that, is religion? that is the reason why the battle is there, to overcome both the flesh and the... Yeah. Do you know even in Islam... There are those people who yeah, teach. Yes, 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 and there are those who practice something else. Yes, yes. When people want, they go to those. They are the practitioners of religion. <laughs> <laughs> they are not medical practitioners. They are practitioners. Okay. okay. It's, it's very, very common. Very common. That's how they control. That's how they control. And God says, you can't do anything without my spirit. Hmm. You, a man in the flesh, is already defeated. Already defeated because the demonic controls it. So he says, my answer is the spirit. That is why you have to look at uh, Galatians. People people get it so wonky sometimes when I teach them. They, they have to break their heads to get this truth in. Uh, Galatians 3.14. 3.14. Galatians 3.14. At the blessing of Abraham, immediately everybody will call name and this thing and the cattle and this thing. and That's not the blessing of Abraham. What are you going to do with cattle if flesh is in control? <laughs> what are you going to do with anything in this world if the ruling deity in your life is your flesh? What is the point? What is the blessing of Abraham? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through the faith. What is the blessing of Abraham? Yes, the Spirit of God. You shall be born of the Spirit. You shall be led by the Spirit. You shall be filled by the Spirit. My Spirit will. That's a promise. What does it mean? You will win. You can overcome the world. You can overcome the, spirit, the flesh. You can overcome the power of Satan. Because nobody can overcome the Spirit of God. That is the blessing of Abraham. 
Without the blessing of, of Abraham, you should not have riches. Yes. It will destroy you. But when you have the fullness of the spirit, it does not matter how much money you have. It will never touch your spirit. It does not matter how much wealth you have, health you have, name you have. None of this thing will touch you because the spirit is in control. Mm. Okay. On the other hand, the spirit is not in control. All these things, all these things will destroy you. Let me try to, I don't think I can find because I didn't think about it. Give me a second. Okay, we'll go to the next second the question or I will in the meantime find that. I, I think the next question is again, uh, it's, a, it's an extension of this pastor. This is question number 16. Mm. Also talking about uh, praying through, breakthrough and okay. fighting powers of darkness. This is question number 16 which says, why did it take Jesus three hours in the garden of Gethsemane to break through? Why didn't the angels come immediately and comfort him? Surely God was not holding out on his righteous sinless man. Why did it take Daniel 21 days to get his answer when God sent an angel to him the very first day he started praying? Yeah, but that's the same thing. It's the same thing. But with Jesus, the thing is that he's not fighting powers of darkness, primarily. He's fighting his flesh. Flesh, His will. Okay, his will. He's got a will. Mm. He's got a will of his own. When he came in the human body, he's got a will of his own. And I believe, of course, the demonic is there. The demonic is magnifying everything what is going to happen tomorrow. Okay. And I do believe, see, the problem is, let me tell you, like we have heard it over and over again, for a good man, the problem is to uh, choose between good and better. Yes. Okay. Good is the enemy of the excellent. Pleasing, good, and perfect will of God. Why do many people don't reach the perfect will of God? What stopped them? Good. The good stopped them. Not the bad. The good stopped them. Mm-hmm. Good stopped them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where we need to realize with over here Jesus. His desire, his, his battling for something in the garden is not per se bad. Why is he moving away from the cup? He's not a coward. He's not a fearful man at all. If he's fearful, then he would be in that list in Revelation 27. The fear. He's not fearful at all. It's not that. He has never been separated from his it's father. Exactly. So his desire in itself is not wrong. Yeah. It's not wrong. How can you say it's wrong? Father, we have never been separated in eternity. There's no break in our fellowship. Tomorrow I go on that cross, we will be broken. And I don't want that. Is there anything wrong? Oh, no. Let's say my only child who is here now, okay? Let us say next year he goes, he has to go abroad to study. And he says, Dad, I've always been with you. I don't want to go abroad to study. What will I say here? You got admission. It's a good college. You know what? It's just temporary. You will miss me. I will miss you. But you need to go. Mm. Is his desire bad? No. No. But you overcome it with a the great okay? yeah. That's how he overcame. That's in Hebrews 12, verse 2. The joy. He looked, overcame the cross, the shame of the cross. Why? Looking at the joy, joy that is set. Yes, it will be broken. 
You don't know what, if there is one thing God does not know, it is what is to have a broken relationship in the Trinity. It's never happened until it happened on the cross. Happened on the cross. Okay. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Okay. Okay. So in the same way, that is his struggle in the garden. I mean, we will never understand it. We can only presume these things. There's a demonic battle going on, like Jesus battled uh, the devil for 40 days. Okay. At that time, he was fasting. This time, he's not even fasting. Mm. He has just eaten and come. Okay. And then he's being tested, not like that. It's the most severe test he's going through. Okay. So the demonic is there. He's, he's, not his flesh, I would see that will part of is there, which does not want to go through that break fellowship with his father. So it's a battle, three hours, bit of whatever, however they, they, they assume it's three hours. Let us say it's three hours. It's a battle. But I do believe that was his normal, this battle of course is different, but I do believe that was kind of his normal battle that every day in the morning he, he battled prepared, for, yeah. he prepared himself mm-hmm. in his prayer closet, one hour, two hours he prayed. So he was used to it. You see, on the day of battle, you cannot suddenly come and say, I want to pray for three years. If you don't have that lifestyle, you are not going to. Why do we keep on insisting people do this, do this, do this? Because your day of evil will come. At that time, you cannot go look for, oh Lord, I'm going to fast and pray. You have never fasted in your life. You have never had a habit of prayer in your life. When the day of evil comes, how are you going to stand? Okay. You go to, like I keep saying, you go to, say, we live in a cantonment, military cantonment area. You go over there, what do they do? Every day is practicing, practicing, practicing. For what? War. Is war going to come in their lifestyle? Maybe never. But when it comes, they are ready. They are ready. Why? Because they are practicing every day. Every day fitness. Every day cleaning your rifles. Every day shooting range. Every day practice, 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 practice for a war that may not come. But when it comes, you are ready. That's what the Bible says. When the day of evil comes, it will come. In this case, it is not. In India's case, it is if. But in our case, it is a question of when. Mm. It is not a question of if. It is a question of when. It will come into every child of God's life. And when that comes, you should have been disciplined and prepared and ready. Otherwise, you will not stand. You will fall. You will not be able to stand because you did not prepare yourself. So the whole church's job is to prepare people for the day of battle. It will come. Constant training. Keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. That's how it works. Then connected with that, uh, not connected with that, the other thing which I wanted to tell, you know, if you look at, uh, it's Revelation 5.12. Revelation 5.12. That was the verse which I wanted. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power. Power. Riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. Seven things are mentioned. Meaning there is absolutely nothing wrong with these seven things. But one thing over there is riches. There's absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. If riches is bad, then Jesus cannot be given that. Mm-hmm. Okay? Exactly. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, right. honor, glory, blessing. blessing. All these things are caution. But... It's dangerous to the flesh. Yes. You give power to the flesh, that flesh will rule over everybody, become a tyrant. You give riches to the flesh, you will be on a spending free on pleasures. You give wisdom to the flesh, you will be the most puffed up peacock in the town. 
You give strength to the flesh. What will you do to harm and to injure yourself and others? You give honor to the flesh. Unworthy person, you give honor. You know what he does with honor. You give glory. You give blessing. That is, there is nothing wrong with all these things. God says, you know what? What I want you to receive in eternity, what I give my son. I want you to receive power. I want you to receive riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing through my spirit. Let my spirit be in control. None of these things will harm you. That is the blessing of Abraham. And it's very interesting. It is only given to the lamb who was slain. slain. It is not given to anybody who was, who was ready to be slain. slain. Otherwise, okay. it's impossible it for him to hold. This thing. Mm. So if you look at it, what is the blessing of Abraham? Mm. The promise of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, like if you literally look in Abraham, it was Isaac. Isaac. Uh, why did Isaac never create any trouble for him? He was ready to be slain. Because he was very ready to be slain. Mm-hmm. Abraham, actually in Abraham's case, Abraham was ready to sacrifice him. If you want to put these seven things into one person in Abraham's life, it is Isaac. Who is Isaac? My power. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who is my, Isaac? My riches. My riches. My Who is riches. Isaac? My wisdom. My strength. Who is Isaac? My strength. My Who is honor. Isaac? My honor. My Who is Isaac? My glory. Who is Isaac? My, my blessing. blessing. What I did you do with him? Tied him onto the altar, lifted my knife. Absolutely. Kiawata. Hmm. It can't harm mm-hmm. Abraham. Because the Spirit of God is in control. So none of these things will harm us if these things come our way. If the Spirit of God is in control. That is why the blessing is not these things. The blessing is the Spirit of God. Spirit of God. And that's how Jesus lived. Absolutely in the control of the Spirit. Even the Bible says he offered himself through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Spirit. When he comes back, Acts says he taught through the Spirit. He allows the spirit total control. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, another question again, I think, on this line. <laughs> it's a very long question. I mean, it's a, it's a small question, but I'm sure it's a very long answer. And continuing with Daniel, all of them, you have to persevere. persevere. Because it's a spiritual battle. Let me give you, let me give you a presumption. Okay? These are not theological doctrines, but there seems to be... Okay. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. There is one place I'm just trying to look. Okay, verse 3 onwards. Let there be light, and there was light, right? Yeah. And there was light, and God sealed the light. It was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Mm. Okay. But God called the day night, and the night darkness, so the evening and the morning was the first day. And then God said, let there be firm in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. Okay. Thus God made the firmament divide the waters. We are under this thing, okay, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second, second day. And then God said, let waters under the heavens be gathered together in this thing. And God called the dry land and God saw it was good. And verse 11, okay. So if you look at it, there is only one place, if you look in the entire creation, six day in this thing, where it doesn't say God, it is good. 
doesn't for every day at the end of it, he doesn't say it is good. It's one time when he doesn't. It is when there is a separation. Mm. Or there is something that is not good over there. Mm. That is a second realm. Mm-hmm. Where the demonic is. Where Satan has established his kingdom. So God looks at us and he doesn't say it is good. He separates it. God's realm, the enemy's realm, man's realm. And he doesn't say it is good. Okay. So when you are talking about Paul talks about God being in the third heaven. And we know the enemy is in the second heaven. And we are in the third, uh, in the first, in our perspective. Okay, So for it to come through, we have to fight through. There is a battle that goes on mm. before we can we can receive. Okay, So the same thing we saw in the Bible. There is the spirit, there is the soul, and there is the body. Mm. You know, the battle takes place in the soul. soul. Whole battle. If you win in the soul, you win everywhere. If you lose in the soul, you lose. It is not the body. Abstain from fleshly lust, which yeah. war against the soul. Soul. Mm. The soul is the battlefield. The battlefield is in the soul. Mm. In the same way, the battlefield is in the third, second realm. That's where the battle is taking place. Mm. So while we are praying over here, now God could do a lot of things supernaturally without anybody, but that's not how God does things. Mm. Yes. Okay. God also has His way in doing things. So when we are praying over here, angels are fighting over there. When man is praying over here, there is angelic host fighting. God releases angels yes. to fight the demonic angels so that we get our answers. Get our answers. Hmm. Okay. But unlike the unlike the old covenant, where they had to angelic intervention had to be there. In our case, we have the leading of the Holy Spirit, where the angelic, uh, the demonic, hmm. can do anything about it because he is in us. Yes, he is in us. Okay, but it happens only when you are led by the Holy Spirit, and that is the problem. That's why Jesus had never is- any issues with the devil; he couldn't do anything because he was said. And Paul also, if you look at it, you know what they are in Philippi. There's a woman, a girl with a divining spirit. What does she do? Go on a fasting and pray or nothing? Get out! It's not a big thing for him at all. It's a big thing at all. You know why? Because the, the Spirit of God in His fullness, whatever fullness He has, He has it. Hmm. So it's not a big thing for Him. It doesn't matter, does not ma- mean that He walked in that all the time. Hmm. All the time. The key, the key difference between Christ and all of us, including Paul, is that Christ walked in it all the time. Yes. Walked in it all the time. I personally believe this is my theological assumption. If a man can be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk in it all the time, the demonic can't do anything to you cannot do anything to you. Okay? But there is angelic intervention. In Even in Jesus' case, yes. was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see in these 40 days fasting time, mm. and Man also in the Garden of Gethsemane, yes. God sends angels mm. to help his physical body, because physically he is weakened out. Okay? To help him. I, 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 I have a feeling they brought food for food. him. Manna, yes. Manna for <laughs> him to eat. Amen. Strengthen <laughs> him. Okay? So that he could eat. And he still does. The angelic intervention is there. We have to fight through. Okay, So that's what Romans 12 is for. Michael and his angels are fighting over here. The believing church is fighting over him. Together they overcame him. They overcame him. The church says they overcame him. There Michael overcome. They are working together. But how are they working together? It's in the prayer closet. What is the church doing? The church is praying. What is Michael doing? He is fighting. Who is allowing all this or sending all this? God. 
That's how it happens. That's why God says, you don't know what's happening over there. Don't quit. Keep, don't quit. You don't know how long it will take, but it will take place. A lot of people quit. A lot of people quit. Hmm. If it is 60 days, the people will quit on the 59th day. Wow. Okay. That's, that's the thing about David. David refused to quit. That is why the history of 1 Samuel 30, Ziklag is so important because when everybody quit, he refused to quit. He still went and encouraged himself in the Lord. And he said, bring the effort. Ask the Lord. Hmm. The Lord said, pursue. Overtake. You will recover all. He refused to quit. You know? And that's what God is talking about. And for, it doesn't come overnight, these things. This is a practice of learning to put the flesh to death and allowing a discipline of prayer and seeking the face of the Lord that you know what, after some time you will realize, you know what, you will not quit. You will not quit. And it does not matter. Like look at any church, any church in the world, the most godly church in the world, start a fasting and prayer. First day many will come. Second day number will keep on. It does not matter. Okay. The only prayer meeting which started and uh, fasting and prayer which started with uh, a particular number ended with a particular number is recorded in Acts chapter one. one yes. yeah. After that, I don't know anywhere where it happened like ah. that. So true. It does not. Ah. But you know why people just quit? But what happens to the person who refuses to quit? Yes. Now, if you go by Corinthians 15, the Lord appeared to over 500 disciples. Yes. But on the day of Pentecost, there was only 120. That means 380 quit. were quit. Mm -hmm. 380 didn't even go to wait on the Lord. They just left. That's true about us too. So prayer is a battle to sustain. Because you know what? What discourages the prayer? Because you see nothing happening. Thing is happening. Things seems to be only getting worse, only getting worse, only getting worse. If if you look at David's case, he was getting worse. After sixteen months, the king doesn't want you. King's leaders don't trust you. They have sent you back. You have walked for three days. You and your men are tired. From far away, you see some smoke. You must have been thinking, wives are cooking food for us. Once you come there, you realize city has been burned out. <laughs> city is gone. Wives are gone. Children are gone. Everything is gone. How worse can it get? Oh, God. <laughs> How worse can it get? Then, like, like they say in English, putting salt on injury. Injury, yes, Lord. All the men cried, wept, and they are angry at David now, and they all pick up stones to stone him. Wow. He's all alone. I don't think ever in David's entire life he faced a situation like okay. that. All alone. Everything lost. The three and six hundred soldiers you have hands against you. And the Bible says, he refused to quit. Wow. He refused to quit. Even in Absalom case, he had people yeah. actually siding with him. Yeah. Even now case, think about this. this. Case, if the Ziglag incident had happened to him in the beginning of his life, he would have quit. Yes. Because he did not have the experience yes. of fighting. Wow. That's how God prepares us. Amen. He prepares us. Mm. He made him run. Run. Don't quit. Run. Don't quit. Run. I'm with you. I'm with you. Be kind to your enemy. Run. 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 But don't quit. 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 And then he Buckles under pressure, goes there, comes back. He refuses to quit because he's got something. That's why I'm talking about the experience of faith. Hmm. If you do not have the experience of faith, when the day of evil comes, you have nothing to stand on. Why did 600 soldiers pick up stones? Because they do not have the experience, experience of, of faith, faith, but the leader had. Yeah. 
Only the hat. He had it. And that's that's why it is important. Don't miss those opportunities because you have to experience and you have like, you know, when you apply for jobs, you know, what is they look at your resume? When you're looking at the resume, first they look at your qualification, then they look at your experience. Yeah. Experience. Sometimes there will be two candidates, one is more qualified, but the other has more experience. And they will go with the experienced guy. Because yeah. he knows his stuff. This guy's got qualification, but he will take another two years to get this fellow's experience. Yeah. You know? I know. My brother was an engineer. And he first started his engineering after this thing, job in a manager. You know who you rely on? <laughs> you rely on... He was a production manager for a company. So you rely on the mechanic, the head mechanic. Because he knows his work. You are straight from college. Mm-hmm. You got head knowledge. This fellow knows what to do, which turn, which screw to turn, how to do, how to increase the production. You don't know anything. You only made graphs and this thing and go on with that back to college. You don't know how to do this stuff. But this fellow is from whom you will learn. Mm-hmm. But though he's below you, what does he have? Your degree? No. What does he have? The experience you don't have. Hands on. Hands on. Mm-hmm. Hands on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hands on. Okay. That's how it works. So we all need an experience of faith. Mm-hmm. That is why God says live by faith. Amen. Experience me in the little things. Little things. In your eating. In your drinking. In your clothes. In your work. In your sleep. In your conversation. In your talk. In everything. You experience me. Mm. You're building up your resume. Mm. You're building up your resume. You know, and that's what what man did not see, God saw. God saw with David. David. We know about it because David told the king, but God already had seen him. Yes. One day a lion came, one day a bear came, they plucked. I went back and plucked it from the lion's mouth. He had an experience. God saw it. That's why God touched his father's heart to tell David, go check how your brothers are. And it is the 40th day. He reaches there right at the moment. You think this is all coincidence? No. Oh. The Spirit of God is in me. Absolutely. Nothing is coincidence. Everything is working orchestrated by the Spirit of God for Israel's history. For God intervenes only in Israel's history. In the Old Testament. He reaches there. Goliath comes out. Makes a challenge. David hears. And he says, who is this answer? Why is he saying that? He's got an experience. experience. The faithfulness of God. Why don't we say that? Because we don't, we have, don't experience. have experience. Yeah. We have experience, we'll also see. We'll also see. It's very difficult. Honestly, it's very difficult. Sometimes it's frustrating to talk faith and pump up faith in a man or a woman of flesh. It's very frustrating. I think it's impossible, actually. It is, but you can't leave them. Because the problem is real. You can't, I mean, you know, uh, ask doctors. Some patients just die, why? They quit. Fighting. They just quit fighting. I don't want. So what do they have to say? No. Fight it. Fight it. Fight it. Fight it. Fight it. Don't quit. Fight it. No. They just mm. quit fighting. No. The mind comes into everything. No. So a man of flesh who does not have, you know, they can be very, very weak. Okay. Then what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to be those four men who carried that cripple. The paralyzed man. The Bible says Jesus saw their the faith. faith. Doesn't say that he, he, he saw faith. his faith. We don't know. But God says he saw their faith. And he said, pick up your mat and walk. So when you are dealing, you have to constantly pump them up. Believe, keep believing, keep praying. And you know what happens? It says his four men carried. What does it mean? 
Sometimes when you are dealing with people of weak faith in the kingdom of God, you have to carry them. How do you carry them? You have to pray for them. Because they don't even know how to pray. Mm. You have to fast for them. They do not even have a life of fasting. You have to believe for them because they do not even know how to believe for a breakthrough. That's what it means carry. You have to carry them through. And then when the breakthrough, they will come, wow, I got my breakthrough. God answered my prayer. God said, dude, you did nothing. Nothing. (laughs) You did nothing. You have no clue. There were others who carried you through. They broke the roof. They put me in front of you. I saw their faith and answered your prayer. The only thing I could tell you is to repent and forgive. I will forgive you. That's all I could tell you. You know what my word to you, not to them, is that your sins are forgiven. Why? You are in the flesh. But that's how we have to realize. Hmm. That's what I said on the day of judgment. We'll be shocked when we see the people who walk away with the crowns. <laughs> in Malayalam, we have a saying, The people we thought were nobody in the kingdom were the somebodies because we never saw their secret life. They gave in secret, they prayed in secret, they fasted in cricket, and God saw them and helped the ones who were doing everything in public. And on that day, they are openly rewarded and we are discarded. And we are shocked what is happening over there. He said, this was the history you did not know. Mm. <laughs> I was writing. <laughs> this is the history which you didn't know. This is the real history. <laughs> okay. So don't ever discount any person in the church because you do not know. See, yes. Unless God reveals it to you. Let me ask you this question. Does anybody, when Saul is having his encounter with Samuel and all, does anyone. anybody know David? No. Oh. But God says, I have a man. That's it. I have a man. After my own heart. It's already there. Nobody knows who he is. Wow. Nobody has any clue it is. God already has his man in place. That is how we look at God. When we look at all the situations, everything is happening, you know what? You always have to believe. Doesn't matter how bad it gets, how worse it God is in control. Doesn't matter how terrible it is, God has his man in place. Who those are, we do not know. God is never caught by surprise. Everything has been handled down to the end. Everything. The battle is won, it is conquered, everything. So you know what? My job is to trust God and go by faith. That is what David is saying. I will not worry about things too much for me. I will go to sleep because he is in control. I can sleep for the God of Israel. Neither sleeps nor slumbers. He will not let my foot slip. He will not. When these things start coming up and you believe, you know, one of the simple things, I mean, honestly, one of the most liberating things of faith is that Faith is a gift. Mercy is a gift. Grace is a gift. You can never earn it. Especially grace. If you earn grace, it is not grace. If you earn mercy, it is not mercy, it is justice. So you know what? That is the most important revelation we need. Meaning, it will always be a gift. Meaning, I will never be worthy for mercy. I'll never be worthy for grace. It is free. It will always be free. I don't have to work for this. Mm. I can go by faith. And God will always, if I go by faith, with a contrite heart, 
he will always show mercy. Why? Because it is free. It's all free. He will always give me grace. If I go boldly, go to him, he will always give me grace. Because I cannot work for it, I cannot earn it. It is always free. Because if I can earn grace, then I will boast before God. Hmm. You know that grace, I worked for it. Hmm. God says, nobody works for grace. <laughs> it is always free. These are liberating truths. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, I don't think we have time for any more questions. We have 10 minutes before uh, we go to it. One question. One question okay. There were two, a few questions that came in today. Uh, yes, Pastor, I'm looking at them actually. Oh, there's one question, maybe question number 17, if you want to look at, because you're teaching on the same theme. Uh, it could be quite big as yeah. well. Uh, to keep the serpent out, mm. we must be defensive, right? Mm. Adam was told in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 to guard or keep the garden. Mm. From what? Would you say it had to be the serpent? Like, um, the serpent was already there. Already the serpent was there. Only thing is that uh, the enemy either came as a serpent or got into the serpent and spoke. Like, you know, that's why we we can kind of presume that C.S. Lewis' idea about Narnia could be right. Because one thing, the serpent spoke and he was not surprised. Was not surprised. So there is a presumption that before the fall, the animals could communicate in some way or whatever way they communicate, Adam could understand. Mm. Like on the day of tongues, uh, on the day of Pentecost, when they spoke in different tongues, all of them heard in their own tongue. So something like that was there, which man lost, when he lost spiritual contact with God, he l probably lost that capacity to understand mm. what these animals were speaking. So we know there, because there is no surprise over there. Okay, And um, uh, Adam was not mad like Balaam and the donkey, so he was so overcome by his anger, he just wanted to beat the <laughs> donkey. He was not surprised the donkey is speaking, because when you're overcome by anger, you don't care about any miracle that is happening before you. That was not what is happening with Eve or anything. Okay, So here, to guard the garden, meaning... What are you guarding it from? Is you no know, one thing is that you have to maintain uh, the nature of a garden is that it takes very little time for a garden to become a jungle. Yes. Okay. The difference between a garden and a jungle is a garden is a jungle with order. Mm -hmm. yes. Order. Okay. So simple question to ask is what is your mind? <laughs> a jungle or a garden? garden. Oh, Lord of mercy. <laughs> Can you walk through your mind? Mm. Is there order there? Or is it a jungle? Hmm? Questions. There is a question. So mm. basically, when it talks about guarding, there are two things. When about God keep the, the... He's in charge. Okay? So when God tells you to guard, God is not telling him everything, but God is also telling him you have potential enemies. Hmm. You have potential enemies. Okay? So we have the Navy. We have somebody called the Coast Guard also. Yes, what coast. are they guarding? The coast. coast. From what? All kinds of smugglers, pirates, can be enemy forces also. Hmm. Okay? You can have the Coast Guard is there. What? They are guarding the coast. Yes. Okay? So it can be any kind of enemy. Hmm. Okay? So he's been asked. He's not been given details about the enemy. 
but is in ours to guard. And how does he guard? Simple thing, all he has to guard. There's no physical fight or anything going to happen. The simple thing is that, uh, that's the first question, the second question God asks him. Who told you? Mm. Who told you? How do you guard? What did I tell you? Did you listen to another voice? There's no physical battle, anything. Nobody has arm wrestled with the devil yet. Mm-hmm. Battles are one or this thing in your mind. Mm-hmm. But as God said, what is it the other voice said? That's all he had to guard. That's all he had to guard. He had to listen. See, the devil cannot come and overpower Adam. Because dominion has been given to Adam. He doesn't have power to overcome Adam. He has the power to deceive Adam. If Adam listened to his lie. That is the only power still the enemy has. Okay, That's what the Bible says. When the Bible says Jesus disarmed the principalities, the powers in Colossia when they disarmed, what does it mean? He took his arms off. Not his arms, his weapons. weapons what yeah. are his weapons? Lie. What are weapons? Condemnation. Accusation. He took it all away. And took it and all nailed it on the cross. Now, does his lie still work? Yes. When, when I believe it. Yes. How do we, How did they overcome him? By the blood of the Lamb. Hey, your accusations don't work. Your condemnation doesn't work. The blood of Jesus has cleansed me. Go take a jump. And by the word of your testimony. Mm. You have to speak it out. Mm. The blood has done its work. You have to speak it out. You don't love their lives even unto death. You know what? I am not here for my self-life. Yes. I'm not here for myself. I am for his life. So what was he guarding from? Is guarding from receiving other voices, other instructions. Yes. That's what. That's what. That's all. You go to the canton now. By eleven o'clock, they will shut the army areas where you can. They close. And then the sentry is over there. They will stop you. Closed. They say, "Can I go?" They said, "Do you have pass?" No pass. If you have a pass, they will look at a pass. Is it a military pass? Yes. They will look at who seal, who sign. That's all. CEO. I know one voice. He says, the voice of my CEO. No, I have collector. Sorry, sir. Military area. Civilian collector's voice doesn't work here. <laughs> doesn't work here. 11 o'clock, CEO said, shut. It's shut. They will not open. Yeah. They will not open for anybody. Mm-hmm. They will not open. Why? Because they know their voice. So that's the thing. That's why Jesus says, who told you? Who told you? That's a simple question we need to ask. How are we guarding our mind? Who told you what you believed? Did God tell you or the devil tell you? Who told you? First question is, where are you? Second question is, who told you? Third question is, what have you done? Because you do everything based on something somebody has said. Nobody does anything in vacuum. Somebody somewhere has told something and by that, you you do something. So where are you? Who told you? What have you done? Meaning, depending upon whose voice you listen and what you act on is where you will be. Where you will be. Mm. If you are out of sync with God, it's because you listened to somebody else and did something which God told you not to do. And you are out of sync with God. If you are in sync with God, you have heard Him, you have obeyed Him, and you have guarded your mind or Adam, the garden, from the influence of voices other than that of God. Other than of God. 
right? In this case, of course, it is Eve. And with Adam, you listen to your wife's voice. The wife listened to the serpent's voice. But in short, neither of them listened to God's, God's voice. voice. Yeah. Right? And the fourth question he asks is, why are you angry? Mm. Why are you angry? If you do right, you do wrong and you want me to accept you. And now you are upset with me. Why are you angry? Be angry and do not sin. You want to get angry, get angry at yourself and do right. Instead, you will do wrong and get angry with the judge. And fifth question is, where is your brother? Who answered these five questions? Christ on the cross. Where are you? In the perfect will of God. Who told you? My father. What have you done? What my father told me to do. Why are you angry? I'm angry at sin and at Satan. Where is your brother? I'm in my brother's place. Hmm. He's the one who answered the first five questions. That's all. You guard. That's why the Bible is talking about it. So, it's a real incident, primarily in our life. This is either a garden or it will become a jungle. Whose voice do we listen to? So many voices over there. The Bible says, test every spirit. Everything test. Test it. Janchlo. Test it. Second Corinthians will say, let two or three prophets speak and let everyone else judge. Test. Judge. The word you hear, judge. The prophecy you hear, judge. You have to judge everything. Why? It's your garden. You're protected. Is this God's voice? Is this God speaking? Does it agree with his word? Does it agree with the person of Jesus? Does it agree with the Spirit of God? Otherwise, I'm not going to receive it. Because God will ask, who told you? Who told you? That's what he's asking Elijah too. What are you doing here? Hmm. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Go back the way you came. Go back. What are you doing here? I'm no better than any. Who told you all this? Did I tell you this? I'm not good after dying. Who told you? Didn't I give you the anointing that caused you to run faster than Ahab's chariot? Didn't you reach Jezebel before you? You could have gone in, finished Jezebel off. Problem over. Did you do that? No, you were afraid you ran. Who told you all these things? I'm the only one left. Who told you? There's a thousand others. Factually wrong, boss. Who told you? And this is what happens when we step, stop from guarding our mind. It doesn't matter who the person is, how anointed he is, how much experience he has, if he doesn't consistently guard his mind from the enemy and walk by faith, the enemy can deceive you, cause you to doubt. And as I close, let me give you, we know this example because we have heard many times. There is no human being on earth keeping Jesus aside, who had ever had the experience of John the Baptist. He baptized Jesus with his eyes, with his hands, he saw he was baptizing the Son of God. With the eyes, he was the only one to see the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove and he heard the Father speak. No man has experienced the Holy Spirit at the same time except John. But when he was put in prison, he sent his disciples to Jesus to ask, are you the one? Yet his entire ministry was based on one thing. Preach this and baptize. And the one on whom the Spirit descends when you are baptizing 
is the Lamb of God. So you can imagine the hundreds is baptizing. He's not baptizing like you and me do. Mm. We baptize like this. Our eyes is upon the candidate. He's baptizing with his eyes as heaven because he knows on one person alone the Holy Spirit will fall. And that is the Lamb of God. And that is his behold the Lamb of God. All this experience was worth nothing in the prison. Doubt came in. And he's asking, are you the one or should we look? You know what Jesus said? Go tell Joseph and uh, John. John. This is what is happening. You know where he's quoting from? He's quoting from the book of Isaiah. Mm. He's saying, what is written, you stand on that. Mm. You are not going to give on any more evidence other than the word of God. Because scripture cannot be broken. That is faith. Mm. That is faith. That's how you guard your mind. Everything you go through the prism, the lens of God's word and says, sounds very good, but that's not what is written. Sounds very good if you are the son of God. Sounds very good. But you know what it is written? <laughs> if you are, just, you know what it is written? It's time. He didn't tell the devil anything. Yeah. There's no argue, verbal <laughs> argument between, are you the son of God? Don't you know I, who I am? Nothing. Doesn't the devil know who Jesus is? Doesn't Jesus know who he is? What kind of a conversation is that? <laughs> but what did Jesus answer? It is written. It's written. It's written. That's all. It is written. That's how you guard your mind. And you know what? That is all Adam and Eve had to do. God said, shall surely die. Period over. First thing, honestly, first thing, as soon as Satan spoke, you should have called Adam. From that day till today, wherever things go wrong is that when a man or somebody tells to sell something to a woman, she doesn't call her husband. Salesmen are always around. After she buys and wastes the money, she says, Yo, I bet. why didn't you tell me? The salesman business didn't start. It started in the Garden of Eden. The first salesman was devil. And he sold a package. First mistake was she didn't ask the husband. Why? He has first-hand knowledge of mm. the product. Because he heard from God. She didn't. She heard only from him. Because the Bible does not say he was created then. Only Adam was created when God said. So she has second-hand information. He has first-hand information. Whenever you have an issue, when you hear something, always go to the one who has first-hand information. Don't work it out on second-hand information. That's one of the ways you test. Who has first-hand information? If you are in a church situation, go to your pastor. Pastor, what do you say? Because salesmen are always around. She should have asked Adam. Mm. She did not ask Adam. That was the first mistake. Second, she gave it to Adam. Now, between that, I don't know what happened. Why did he take it? Why did there are so many presumptions? Okay. So there are two kinds of love. Adam's love for his wife. Sheep, he like Ananas and Sapphira partook in her sin and died together. Mm. If Jesus was different. He refused to partake in the sin of his wife and died for her. Adam died with his wife. Christ died for his wife. That's the difference. The first and the second Adam. There are only two Adams. There's no first and second. The Bible says there are only two Adams. There are two different generations. Last Adam and second man. Yeah. Mm. Last Adam, second man. Mm. So, Adam died with his wife. Mm. That is a false love. <laughs> What's the point? Both go to the grave. <laughs> Jesus did not die with his wife. He died for his wife. 
in the process, he rose from the grave, she will also rise from the grave. This is the simple thing. You need to ask. Always it's good to ask. Who has first hand experience? Who? No, uh, it's Roosevelt, I think, uh, who put the plaque. I'm not sure. Kennedy Roosevelt. One of them put the plaque on his table. The buck stops there. Mm -hmm. That's it. Over. So whenever you take a decision, you should always ask, where does the buck stop? Mm. If it stops with you, go ahead, take the decision. If it doesn't stop with you, goes beyond you. Better go and ask that person yes. before you take the decision. Yep. That's yep. what you should have done. Should have gone and asked a husband. This dude is trying to sell something. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Adam would have said, no, honey, God said. God said. You eat, you shall surely die. You know, surely die. And from there, the fall has taken place. You see, nothing much has changed. Even if you go into homes and situations, you will realize, no, the pattern is still the same. Mm. Okay? What is sin? Eve sin? Sin of commission. What is Adam's sin? Sin of omission. This is the way houses work still. Different. Like it's a replicated over and over and over again. Six thousand years, nothing has changed. In, in an average home, what is a man sin? A mission. What he should do, he won't do. What is her? What he shouldn't do, she does. Mm. And then they fight. You, 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 you. Pointing fingers. Pointing fingers. The only difference between them and us uh, is that. He he had no father-in-law, mother-in-law to point at, and she had no father-in-law, mother-in-law to point at. So they pointed at each other and blamed the snake. In our case, we get historical. Mm-hmm. You were like that, your mother was like that, your grandmother was, your khandan was like that. <laughs> Finally, we'll stop with Eve. <laughs> but you know what? It, it's simply because we didn't guard our mind. Simple question, go to Genesis 3 and look at God's second question. Is the question we need to ask. Who told you? Who told you? Okay. Before you believe anything, ask that question. Who told you? If it is God, there will be peace. If it is not God, there will be unrest. There will be unrest. Okay. We shall stop there. Pastor Vijay, we shall pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. You are teaching us, Lord. Even through the Q&A, you are teaching us. We think we are answering the questions, but no, Lord. You are teaching us even as we answer. Mm. We just want to thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us these four days. Tomorrow, first Sunday of this final month, I pray, Father, everywhere, Touch your people, protect your people, keep your people and hearts here. Bring us all safely into your house. I pray, Lord, let no one miss church. Heal who are not well. Yes, Lord. Let them pick up their mat and walk. Let no one miss the final communion service of this 2021, Lord. And come there with thanksgiving, with praise, thanking you for bringing us through, Lord. If only our eyes were open to the reality of all the attacks and the wicked plans of the enemy. For every time he has come and he comes, he comes with one intention to kill, to steal, to kill, to destroy. 
But you were the one who stopped him and protected us and gave us life every day. So I pray, Lord, tomorrow people will come seeking life with thanksgiving in their hearts and praise on their lips. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Go with us, Lord. Keep us safe. We know we can't sleep, for our Father watches over us. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Master, mask, uh, mandate, mask mandate. Just remind, remind the mask mandate. Oh, uh, all GTC Hyderabad who are listening, it's mandatory again that you wear the mask in public places on the roads. Otherwise, they will fine you a thousand bucks. Okay. If you have a thousand bucks to spare, put it in the offertory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Don't give it to Mardi. <laughs>